Wow. Hello. I'm back. It's season two now of the Here to Thrive podcast. Hey, why not make it a new season after a break that long, right? So we are. This is the start of season two. And oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to be back. I'm so excited to be back talking to you. Wow. It has been a bit of a ride. And that is what I want to share with you today. I had intended to give you an update much earlier than this, but that wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. But I'm here now. I'm through the other side, so to speak, and ready to go back and give you a little bit of an update on what has been going down for me over the last few months. Quick note, if you hadn't listened to my last episode, which was the one before last, an update around how I was diagnosed with breast cancer. That's what we're talking about here. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in July 2018, if you are listening to this after the fact. So I'm just going to run you through a little bit of what that diagnosis has looked like for me, some of the processes and decisions I had to make going through that. If you're someone that this may be hard to listen to, no offense if you're going to turn me off right now, I am going to get detailed around what surgery choices I chose because I think it's important to have someone discussing that stuff too. So if you think you might be triggered by that, by all means, turn this one off and join in with the next episode with Denise Duffield-Thomas, she rocks. But that's what we're talking about today. And I hope I can answer all of the questions you have. Stay tuned. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Before I launch in, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your loyalty. So many of you have sent me such sweet messages of support and prayers over these last few months. Wow. I never really knew how much social support meant until I was on the receiving end of it. So thank you so much. Along with that, if you have been a listener to Here to Thrive and have yet to leave a rating or review, it would mean so much to me if you could go and do that today. Knowing that you are out there listening and that this is impacting your lives is why I do what I do. So thank you for those ratings and reviews. That's how I know you're there they mean so much. Okay, so back to me. This just feels a little bit strange talking all about myself, but we're going to do it. So in July 2018, this year, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was 35 years old at the time. It was three days before my 36th birthday. For those of you wondering, I have no family history on either side of my family. So to say this was unexpected was an absolute understatement. This was nowhere on my radar did I ever think that I would be diagnosed with breast cancer in my lifetime, let alone when I was 35. 
What was a little bit ironic was when I was diagnosed in July, I was midway through delivering resilience workshops in San Francisco and New York. The irony wasn't lost on me. Here I am dealing with the biggest anxiety and unknowns that I have ever faced in my life, literally life-threatening changes while I'm sharing about how we can build our psychological well-being and resilience. I'm happy to report that the stuff I teach works. So side note, if your company is open to a resilience and well-being workshop, please consider me. I'm happy to travel in the USA and I'm legitimately good at it. I have even had to try all this stuff out on myself so I know it really works. So yeah, that's a side note. But many of you have asked how my breast cancer was picked up. Honestly, I have no idea how this seemingly random course of events unfolded that led to my breast cancer being diagnosed. It's nothing short of miraculous. So if you've been listening to Here to Thrive for a while, you may have noted that I had a guest on the show called Paige Davis. She is episode 91 if you are interested in hearing more about breast cancer and her healing journey. So I had Paige on the show and she was diagnosed when she was 38. Her book is Here We Grow. And if you or anyone you know was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, holy moly, go and buy that book. It's brilliant. Anyway, she is what I consider one of my initial nudges, that conversation. I also saw my sister-in-law who lives in New Zealand earlier back in the year, and she was 46 when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she said to me that she wished she had gone in a year earlier to be checked because her favorite bra had started to feel uncomfortable. It wasn't fitting right. And she now realizes that that had happened because there was breast cancer there. That is why it just wasn't feeling good anymore. So I have these two conversations kind of sitting in the back of my head of women relatively young being diagnosed with breast cancer. Then I enrolled a new client in coaching who had also been diagnosed with breast cancer in her 30s. I said to someone afterward, I felt like the universe was literally flashing breast cancer in my face everywhere I went. I'm grateful that I was tuned in enough to my intuition to kind of see these nudges and be like, huh, I don't think they were random. Then I had incredibly sore breasts, but I knew I wasn't pregnant. My boobs were also feeling particularly lumpy and bumpy. But in saying that, I've always had quite firm or lumpy breasts. They call them fibrous. I can't even say that word. I should note at this point that typically breast cancer isn't painful. So those symptoms were not coming from breast cancer. Anyway, I decided that it was time I learned how to do a breast exam on myself. So I booked a physical. It had been about 18 months since I'd had my last one with my family practice doctor. And I asked her to do an exam on me. She also felt what she thought was likely a tiny cycle-related cyst on my left side and my left breast and referred me to have an ultrasound, all while reassuring me that breast cancer isn't painful typically. The breast cancer center where I was referred to rejected the order and said that because of my age, I needed to have a digital mammogram. Thank goodness. After getting those orders finally sorted between the two centers, I booked it for a few weeks out because I was seriously not the least bit concerned. Like, not the least bit concerned. 
when I was having my mammogram, and can we just talk about how women say they hurt? They're really not that bad. It's a few seconds. And if you've ever had a smear test, I feel like that sounds like cream cheese. If you've ever had a smear test, then a mammogram is a walk in the park. So please don't ever use that as an excuse not to go and have one. This is a couple of seconds. It's not that bad. So when I was having my mammogram, they picked up a spot on my right breast that looked suspicious. So I am in there complaining about my left breast and they find something on my right breast. I had a spot of calcification. Now calcification can be caused by any number of things, including scar tissue, but mine were micro calcifications, which I found out the next day are much more suspicious than if I had just had a solid mass. Thankfully, the United Breast Center and St. Paul, shout out to you guys, they moved really quickly with me. At this point, I truly was still not concerned as the doctor I had seen that day had told me that only 20% of biopsies come back positive with cancer. But they did get me in first thing the next day for what is called a mammogram guided biopsy. So if you think a mammogram is bad, then imagine having your boob slammed into a mammography machine for a very long time. Okay, it's not a big deal. Just go and get the mammogram. I found out the very next day, they moved super quick, that I had what is called invasive ductal carcinoma. Invasive means that it had moved from outside of my milk ducts where it had started and into my breast tissue. It basically means this cancer is the spreading type and has already moved from where it first began. Interestingly enough, breast cancer also has a stage zero called DCIS. And this is when the abnormal cells that are found are contained within the milk duct. Mine was past that point, and I knew that right from the start. Now, going back a step, the miracle is that I was complaining about my left breast, but breast cancer was found in my right breast. My cancer was very close to my chest wall, so I couldn't feel anything. I didn't have a lump that was noticeable to the touch. This is why when you are eligible, I'm like sounding like a broken record here. Do not delay getting your mammograms. That is 40 years old if you're in America. When you are 40, please go and get a mammogram. They are not really mandated. I don't know if that's really the right word. Until 45, but you can get them from when you are 40. So please go in at 40. Because my cancer was picked up purely by a test, a screening test. In my case, it was a fluke. But it is a huge part of the reason I have been able to move through this process as quickly as I have, which I'm going to continue to tell you. I'm sure some of you are interested. I was diagnosed at 35, which is very young. And so, of course, they put me through bracket testing immediately. What's interesting is that there are 29 genes implicated in breast cancer, and I came back as negative on all of them. I do not have any of the breast cancer genes. My doctors have said that I probably do have a genetic predisposition. They just don't know about those genes yet. So I find out I have breast cancer three days before my 36th birthday, and I know nothing else. I do not know where I am in the disease process, and this wasn't simple to diagnose either. There were heaps of ups and downs and a lot of anxiety. After an MRI, they became concerned about three spots in my left breast. So I have breast cancer in my right breast, but they're now concerned about my left breast. 
One in particular, my surgeon told me that she thought more likely than not was also cancerous. I also had an enlarged lymph node that was tested before surgery. So there was a lot of testing, a lot of poking, a lot of prodding, a lot of unknowns. Oh, it, was, it was a rough five weeks. All of this concern, though, made my decision a lot easier. I chose to have a bilateral mastectomy. So that is both breasts removed with reconstruction. I don't want to gloss over how hard this decision was. It tortured me. I don't think there is a right choice here. It was only what was best for me, the person making the decision. I'm now 100% certain I made the right choice for me. My other options were a mastectomy with no reconstruction. So I could have had a one-sided mastectomy on the right where I had cancer with reconstruction just on that side. I could have had both off with no reconstruction or I could have had a lumpectomy with radiation and six monthly MRIs and mammograms for the rest of my life. Mastectomy does reduce my risk of recurrence and means that I don't have to have the mammograms or MRI follow-up. And it also meant that I was able to avoid radiation. So there were a lot of things to weigh up in that decision. Coming back to the surgeon telling me that she thought more likely than not, I had breast cancer in my left breast. That was hard. They weren't able to get me in for an MRI guided biopsy before my surgery. And I chose to move ahead without it. So I didn't know until I came out of my seven-hour surgery how bad my cancer was. I was prepped as if I had breast cancer in both breasts, and they were ready to test lymph nodes on both sides. When they got in there, they found that thankfully the lump in my left breast wasn't cancerous. Oh. I also just want to say that the night before you are about to chop off your breasts, and I know that sounds really harsh, but it was harsh. It was one of the most overwhelming of my life. It is surreal to stand in the shower, prepping yourself with the special cleansing solutions, knowing that you will not be the same tomorrow. I read about Juliana Rancic, who also had breast cancer in her 30s. Her thoughts about leading up to her mastectomy surgery and how she just wanted to cancel. And I get it. I really don't have words to explain that feeling besides surreal. Just, just completely surreal. So coming out of my mastectomy surgery, I wake up with the good news that my cancer hasn't spread it wasn't in my second breast, it's not in my lymph nodes, and my final diagnosis is a stage one, which means I do not have to do chemotherapy. Honestly, whoa. I had hoped to be done with reconstruction at that point too, as I had agreed with my plastics team ahead of the surgery that they would attempt to go straight to a permanent implant, so that means I would just have the same size breasts or slightly smaller than I had started with. And this can apparently only be done in about 5% of cases. And I was a candidate for it. But I found out when I woke up that they hadn't been able to do it because they had had concerns about the blood supply to one of my nipples. 
So I came out with deflated temporary implants or what they call tissue expanders. My chest was flat and scarred and I had drains sewed into both sides of my body. But I was through it, which was amazing. It wasn't all pretty. You know, I didn't breeze my way through this smiling and looking for rainbows every day. The first time I took off my bra, I cried. The whole process had been completely overwhelming and there was this surreal sense of relief being through what I knew was the hardest part of the journey. But I didn't recognize my body either. I looked as broken as I felt with deflated breasts. It's really hard to imagine. (laughs) But I was scarred up. Now, a couple of notes about my surgery. This is where we get into some nitty gritty. For those who are interested, I was able to keep my nipples. It's called a nipple sparing mastectomy. Google search it. I also had a phenomenal surgeon at Mayo Clinic who was able to do my surgery with only scars underneath my breasts. It's called the intramammary fold, I believe, which is unreal. So even though I felt incredibly scarred up in that moment, now I've had some space from it. I cannot believe how not scarred up my body really is. It is unreal. With a mastectomy, they have had to take out all of my internal breast tissue. And because of that, I cannot feel my breasts at all. They're completely numb. I have no sensation in my nipples or the skin of my breasts. And thankfully, that isn't as weird as it sounds. It was something I was really nervous about, but it's not as weird as I thought it might be. Recovering from the surgery wasn't as painful as I expected, but it took longer than I would have liked. I'm not that patient. I had one of my drains for close to three weeks, and yeah, that was ages. With temporary implants, they inflate your breast with saline with a series of injections. So I've called these my inflator boobs. I'm now fully inflated and will be having another surgery next year to replace them with permanent implants. As I mentioned, this wasn't an easy decision for me, choosing lumpectomy, radiation, implants, no implants. I'm well aware of the research around there is one type of implant that can cause a rare type of cancer. Doctors won't ever use that implant in me. I'm also aware of implant illness and the likes of Hugh Hefner's wife. Please, people, I just, this is a side note. When people are having to make one of the hardest decisions of their lives, please don't make it harder for them by telling them why their decision isn't right. As I mentioned earlier, it was a decision only I could make for me and weighing those pros and cons for me. Implants was a choice I was more comfortable with than radiation, and I haven't regretted this at all. Hands down, it was the best choice for me. So that's where I'm at. My cancer was also hormone responsive or fed by hormones. So I'm on a treatment for the next five years minimum to try and minimize the chance of a reoccurrence called tamoxifen. If you or anyone you know is about to go on this medication, I just want to tell you that I was beyond nervous to start it as everyone seems to tell you all about the horrible side effects and really inflate those. I've been just fine. Please don't take on other people's experiences as your own. Having had breast cancer at my age and it being a hormone responsive type, it means that I now have a 4% chance of reoccurrence every year for the rest of my life. It does change you. Breast cancer has changed me in many ways that I will continue to share with you. 
but this episode was really just a thorough update. I wanted to let you know what happened, how I got there, and how I am now. So many of you have sent me notes, and it's been amazing. In terms of where to from here, I'll be picking up my coaching clients that are in process with me over the coming weeks and into January. And from there, I'll be picking up a select few new clients, likely starting around February. But I won't be working as hard as I was leading up to this diagnosis. And that certainly means fewer coaching clients on my end. I love delivering corporate workshops around resilience and self-leadership, and I will definitely be putting more energy into this next year, as well as my group programs, Channel Your Chill and The Thriving Life Project. So watch this space. As for the podcast, this is season two. Welcome. I have so many wonderful interviews lined up for you. I cannot wait to bring them your way. I'm starting with four episodes over four weeks, as I know many of you have been waiting for the show to come back. And from there in 2019, it will take an every two week release schedule. So fortnightly for those who speak English, English like me, not American English. Do you know everyone outside of America? Americans don't know what fortnight is. Learned that one the hard way. Honestly, it's so good to be back. I can't even tell you. So here's to thriving, beautiful people. I'm doing great, and let's bring on 2019. Season two has officially started. A little note for you. If you are not yet part of my email community, I have not been sending emails either. They are coming back. But also, there is a little freebie I have called the Life Planning Kit, which was designed as a New Year planning kit. It's just a little workbook that can help you get focused for what you want in 2019, what energy you want to bring into next year. So I would encourage you to go and download your copy for free. It's www.thrive.how forward slash free. Denise Duffield Thomas talking about our money blocks. She's up next for your first episode of season two. And until then... Keep thriving, beautiful people. Here we go.